my whole mindset with these races, even if you don't feel prepared, is you just go in, you do your best, and you do not quit unless you get injured or you uh, you get pulled. And you keep going till you get pulled, mm-hmm. you know, because you never know. You might get a second one, even though you might think I'm not going to be able to make the next cutoff. You go until they pull you. Running 100 miles seems impossible and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100. My name is Jacob Bateman, and joined along with me is the one and only, the lovely, the beautiful, my wife, Melody. Thank you for always giving me such a hyped up intro. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm just hyped up to to uh, to have a good conversation with my wife about running. Me too. I love doing this. <laughs> it it's been a it's been an experience of up and downs. I'd say overall doing a podcast with your spouse for sure. Running a hundred miles together and and trying to do this together. It's yeah. It's definitely there. Definitely have been ups and downs. I would say ultimately it has brought us closer together yeah because we've had to learn to work through our issues right for sure (laughs) still haven't worked through all of them but we're getting there and we've also had to learn to work through microphone issues as we are new to the tech (gasps) guys want to hear a hilarious story okay every single episode you have ever listened to up until the crimson canyon episode we were only recording on one microphone, and we had no idea. Even though we each are speaking into a separate we mic We both have right a microphone. Now. The entire time, only one of the microphones so, was picking up sound. And I was always so frustrated with like, why is one of us so much more quieter than you the other? It's like, one time it was Melody, the next episode would be me. And I'm like, what is going on? And, and that then, was always, that's always what people told us. They're like, you know, it's a great podcast, except one of you is always more quiet than the other. And Anyways, we figured it out. So that's why the audio is a little bit better now. So anyways, We're... we just keep improving. So uh, <laughs> we uh, we thank you, especially you early season one listeners for, for sticking with us even through the audio glitches. But things are on an uphill tick yes. with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're becoming so tech savvy now. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. So we got an exciting, exciting race to talk about today so we had another training run slash race um that we did and we did it was originally called the dugway ultra and trail uh the dugway trail and ultra yeah race but the name got changed and this is actually it's a pretty neat story but it's also a very sad story um, to the Kurt Forti Memorial Trail Run 50K. So this is on a military base um, in Dugway, Utah. It's actually a it's really, really fascinating military post. Uh, 
most of the soldiers there are all temporary. It's in the middle of nowhere. Like you literally, the only way you get there is you go there. You don't pass by it. You don't pass through it. Obviously Mm -hmm. they do a lot of weapons, um, testing out there. Um, and apparently it's one of the closest bases to what Afghanistan looks and feels like. So a lot of soldiers would go out there for training and such. So really cool military base. And they put on this run. It's been going for, this was the eighth year. And the man who put it together originally, um, just passed away a couple weeks ago after working right out there on those trails that day and helping put the race together. Um, he, he, unfortunately, he, he, he didn't, Pat, he didn't die on the trails. He had a heart attack um, as he was leaving base, uh, leaving work that day in his car. Um, and so I guess it was his time. And they had a they had a really uh, nice memorial for him. And they changed the race um, to be uh, named after him now since he was the one who originally put it together. And he was the guy who directed everything every year there. Um, and boy, next year they're going to do the race on his birthday to honor him. Yeah. So his family was all there at this race and they, the military gave him, um, some, some memorability, memorabilia to honor, um, a flag to honor him to the family. And it was, I felt honored to be there and just participate. They had a moment of silence for him and just seeing the family there and, and all the family, what was neat is they didn't just show up. They all ran the race Mm -hmm. and it was really kind of inspiring, you know, to see what was going on with that family that day. Even the wife ran the 30 K, right? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. How awesome. It was pretty neat. It was a really neat day. On the trails that there, the man had put together. Um, so, and it was beautiful course. Um, I ran the 50 K Melody ran the 30 K and just the 50 K had about, I think it was 3,700 feet of elevation gain. 30 K was about 29. Yeah. And it was, there was basically two, you'd say smaller sized mountains Mm -hmm. and you basically summited each one. Then you drop down. It was like rolling hills. Yeah. It was rolling hills. It was totally exposed. It was pretty technical. No trees. You were running mainly on sand. It was very, very sandy. It was a a very technical course. Yeah. It was also one of the most unique courses I've ever been on being on this military base because there's military personnel all around. There's people in camo with their guns and it was actually almost a little bit spooky. I feel like kind of a good like it, well, October Halloween run. It has the nickname Area 52. You know, you know Area 51. Everyone knows that. But so, yeah, because th- it just is middle of nowhere. And it's oh, this yeah. big desert landscape. There's and, gas stations where you can buy alien T-shirts. Yeah, it just looks like Martian-y out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. And it was cool because we started right as the sun was rising. So we got to run over these hills, over this beautiful valley, kind of spooky valley. As the sun rose and we got to see the, the sunrise, it was so pretty. Yeah, it was it was really was a gorgeous run. Great, yeah. great run that they had put together. So here is a quick recap of how my run went. So I did the 30K. Um, didn't quite feel ready for the 50K. Hopefully I'm, I'm there for Dead Horse 50. So 
my goal was to take it as a training run because I took it really hard at Crimson a couple weeks ago and I started running and I just went full out because I just, uh, you know, I just was feeling it. There actually was this lady, me and this lady, we were kind of neck and neck at the very beginning and I kind of got this idea that maybe I could actually get first place in the woman in this race. So me and this lady were, were neck and neck. We talked a little bit. She said that she does 200s. She, she's 60 years old. She's been running a long time. She was Ooh, buff. I was intimidated. You gotta be to be doing 200 milers. Yeah, My I was goodness. intimidated. So at the beginning of the run, there's a lot of uphill. And like I said, we were kind of back and forth, kind of passing each other back and forth and kind of laughing about it. And we get to the top of this hill and then we have the downhill. And that's my strength is the downhill. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to push it as hard as I can here. I'm going to get a lead on this lady and hopefully just maintain that lead and beat her and get first place. So I go down this hill, I lose her and I'm like constantly the entire run looking behind my shoulder to see if she's there. And I don't see her at all. So this course is, it's a two, you do two loops. So I finish the first loop. I stop at an aid station to drink some pickle juice. And I look behind me and she's there. And I'm like, no, no, I wasn't supposed to see her for the rest of the run. So I quickly fill out my pack. You're trying to take her soul. I was trying to take her soul. (laughs) And then she she started to take my soul. Yeah, she did. So... The exact same thing happens again. We're going on this loop again. We're on the uphill. We're going back and forth. And I'm like, oh man, she's a 200 miler. This lady knows how to pace herself. She has way more experience than me. And she's just totally going to beat me. Like, I'm not going to be able to get a lead on her like that again. So I just, I didn't totally give up. I was feeling kind of discouraged, but I was like, I'm just, you know, I'm going to keep going. We'll just see what happens, you know? So the same thing happens again. We get to the top of the hill and I, you know, I speed up on the downhill and I lose her and I get, you know, this lead on her again. And the rest of the time, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm redlining it the entire time. Cause I'm like, I cannot let this lady catch up to me. And I'm constantly looking behind my shoulder and I made it to the finish line and I got first place in the woman in the 30 K. Woo. So I did it. I was really excited. Granted, there weren't a ton of women in the race. It was a small race. Hey, but, but hey, you were still the top performing woman. That was the first time that I got first place overall. I've I've placed a lot in my age group, but this was the first time I got first overall. So I was pretty excited about that. That's. I think that's awesome. I was proud of that's, that race. You got a cool trophy. To yeah, show it's for like it. this. Um, it's this giant bullet shell bullet yeah. shell and they you know engraved on it so that was pretty cool yeah, and, and pretty neat me and the lady you know i love that runners are always good sports you know we hugged each other afterwards and it was good so that was my experience it was it was an awesome awesome race and to go along with that just we know you you as listeners might not care but melody's father-in-law got second place in the men my I, father. I, I mean, Jacob's my father-in-law. father-in-law. Yes. My father-in-law. He's also a beast. Melody's father. He did the half. And, and my sister did a 5K. Yes. And it was her first 5K in years. Uh, yes. She hasn't been running because of an injury. And, and she hasn't even been on trails. And she did that. And she so. ran. So it was a family event. They had races for all distances. It was so awesome. Yeah. It, it really was like, it felt like a family event with that place. Because you had, they even had a kid's 2K going on. It was so cute so, seeing those little kids. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, 
then uh so with me you know um i was doing the the 50k and they only had like eight runners um in it it's it's so out of the way you know this race was it's definitely a more low-key race here in the state of utah but still beautiful i think more people need to come out to it um and so you know i was going into it so this was my first official ultra since the uh 100 mile run and so i was going into it you know just kind of ready to go to war but you know i know that okay we're trying to cut our times down so my i actually had a goal to try to stay like in that 12 minute per mile range um because you know with me i like to start strong to give myself some buffer room at the end and I have to meet that 15-minute mile pace for 50 miles for our upcoming 50-miler. And so I started hitting it, and immediately I felt plantar fasciitis start to flare up. And I knew it was coming because I had felt it during the week. And then immediately, not long after that, a couple miles more, so I'm only at like mile six, IT band tightness coming in. And I knew it was coming because I had been dealing with it the whole week and anyway so i dealt with it the first lap it was another two lapper like two 15 and a half mile laps first lap went good um you know i kept everything at bay second lap i still kept it mainly at bay um but i just knew like this could be going so much better if i dealt with my it band and plantar fasciitis beforehand or had been had been training better um and it was hot and it was all exposed like we said it's a desert and we haven't done a lot of heat training either and there actually was a ton of flat running in the 50k which we haven't done a lot no and so it was just it flat running to me is so mentally taxing um, yes, I, I, it's just like you can see forever and you know that you are just going to have to run forever that direction. Yeah. <laughs> we you, definitely prefer the Hills. Yes. I prefer the Hills. I like the breakup of the, you know, the walk, run, walk, run, speed hike, run, you know, mm-hmm. anyways. So it was a hard run. Mm-hmm. It really was. Um, I came in at six hours, 34 minutes, which I was stoked about. Yeah. So that would be 12, um, 12.45 pace, which if I can do that for the first 30 miles of Dead Horse, I'm fairly confident I can finish Dead Horse. Even if you slow down to like 15, 16 yeah. after that, you'd That finish. would like give me the ability to like slow down to like 17 Honestly, for the final 20. yeah, I'm kind of thinking if I can maintain 13 the first little bit, the first like 30 miles, I feel good that I could do that and then maybe slow down a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what kind of my plan is. And I think the last part of Dead Horse is actually like, no, like the last five at least is very downhill. Oh, good. So Good. Anyways. Maybe we can do this, yes. babe. <laughs> I'm feeling better Oh, now. I'm going for it. I'm yeah. going for it. The, my whole mindset with these races, even if you don't feel prepared, is you just go in, you do your best, and you do not quit unless you get injured or you uh, you get pulled. And you keep going till you get pulled, mm-hmm. you know, because you never know. You might get a second one, even though you might think, I'm not going to be able to make the next cutoff. You go until they pull you, yeah. you know? 
And Mm -hmm. so anyways, here's my thoughts and my takeaways from the, from this race is, well, I have a few, but first off it's cross training is so important and I have neglected it my whole ultra running career and I'm starting to really feel it because I've never dealt, I have never dealt with plantar fasciitis until this year. I think because we're doing more flat running, I think the injuries are coming and, and we also haven't been cross training. I'm just not doing everything I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, As a runner, you think all you, I mean, at first you kind of think, all I need to do is run to get better at running, right? Guess what? There's so much more to training than just running. So much more. And and so, yes, there is so much more. And like for me, Melody is a physical therapist assistant, so she does have experience in this. And so Melody's given me some exercises to do for my plantar fasciitis. Because it's been flaring up for ever since March of this year. And I have not been doing them. Mm-hmm. And I'm now feeling the repercussions. And I need to hit those exercises hard in preparation for Dead Horse. Before it turns into an injury and then it knocks you yes. out all of next year. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and and then my IT band tightness i think oh my gosh so many runners deal with this as the yeah. more the more i've gotten into the ultra running community mm-hmm. the more i hear like oh my it band do you know why hips runners typically have weak hips and now, typically that's why you have it band pain and so if you don't know where the it band is it's your ilial tibial band right well well i'm talking about in my yeah. knee yeah it hurts so you have it so it's in your knee where it hurts like yes. the outside part of your knee yes. like kind of the attachment of it band yeah that's that's pretty common too so plantar fasciitis it band pain some of the most common running uh injuries so with me it's on the outside of my knee yeah that that it, and, and it's just like as i start running especially on long runs it just gets tighter and tighter and tighter yeah, and more painful really as as it goes along so so Melody, I'm going to put you on the spot here as okay. your background in physical therapy. What can a runner like me do to combat this IT band syndrome that we're facing with this pain on the outside of the knee? I mean, without a full like evaluation, gait analysis and all of that, I would always say the first thing to do is to strengthen your hips and strengthen your core. Make sure that you're doing single leg exercises and watch your form. When you're lifting and doing these exercises, your form, it's critical. It's so important that you're doing proper form. So talk to somebody you know who knows correct form. Um, Honestly, I really am a big fan of talking to a physical therapist who is a runner and who specializes in running, who can do an evaluation, who can tell you what muscles are weak. Um, what muscles are strong and what exercises you need to do to um, correct your form and and get rid of your pain. I wouldn't see just a normal physical therapist. Um, a normal physical therapist will treat kind of the, uh, it, they'll get rid of the pain. Um, but I would talk to someone who specializes in running who can get to the root of the issue. Again, if, if you don't want to take things that far, like I said, just start with strengthening your hips and your core and doing proper form. So 
What about like squats? Yeah, squats are great. Uh, squats. Like what other ex? Like give me like an at home exercise I can do. Squats, deadlifts, clamshells. I think all runners should do clamshells. I'm a big fan. And then start with double leg, and then eventually go to single leg. So eventually go to you know single leg hops bulgarian split squats um single leg deadlifts with the dumbbell add some weight eventually add some weight yeah gotcha. yeah so yeah and that's the stuff that i struggle with the most to do it's you know it's tedious when you're already running an hour a day and then five hours on the weekends and now you have to add how many hours of weight training and and then there's a difference between weight training like heavy weight lifting and, and other cross training and then you have I consider them your physical therapy exercises your rehab exercises where you're you're doing the bands and you're doing the simple things where you're not necessarily like getting sweaty and doing a workout but you're just you know you're working on your form and you're doing mobility stuff and doing some foam rolling and massage and things like that um is super super important but that stuff it's kind of boring, you know. My yeah. recommendation for that stuff is turn on a show. I learned that if I flip on The Office or something while I'm doing that stuff, it's it's a lot more fun. So I would also figure out what works for you. My personal opinion is do your run. Come home and do your stuff right after your run. Yeah. It's like if you've read Atomic Habits, he talks about, um, how does he put it, like batching, batching your tasks. So it becomes a habit that every time you do your run, then you come home and you immediately do your exercises. It just is easier to make the habit that way. That would make sense. So anyways, yeah, that's, that's my main takeaway. I need to do more cross training. You know, I need to hit the weights a little more with my, with my squats. You know, I need to do more of that single leg. You know, I need to do more deadlifts. I need to do more clamshells. Like I need to focus on the other aspects of my body that, take a beating because of how much running is happening because that's essentially why this other this is happening is because of how much running i'm doing so isn't it like more tugging more pulling in one direction or more wear so that other other parts of your body that might be connected to that is suffering well and we're trying to get our splits down we're we're getting our speed up and as we're trying to build our speed it's just more on our body you know so um, we're starting to feel our bodies kind of, I have lack of a better way to put it, breaking a little bit. So we have realized like, okay, we really need to take this seriously. We really need to lift the weights. Can I share something else um, on top of the weightlifting and the physical therapy exercises that yeah. I learned? Yeah. So now that we've been running a little bit, I feel like we started with the basics of 80-20 running, right? You're probably sick of us talking about 80-20 running. Um, you know, so Which 80%, I still believe in. Oh, oh yeah. Know? I'm definitely like not we, saying that I don't believe it. I'm just saying that like the most basic concept for a beginner runner, 80% of your runs, slow intensity, 20% of your runs, high intensity, right? Yes. And we just are learning like, oh, there's so much more to that. And I, I had this revelation the other day. I was like... What zone are you in when you're racing on race day? Three and four. Three and four, which is what an 80-20 running, you're never supposed to touch those zones. But isn't it a little bit strange that we would never touch those zones, but then all of a sudden we touch, touch them on race day? It just made me realize, like, guess what? Zone three is actually 
super important. You need to spend time in zone three. But not a lot of time in no, zone three. No, you still need to spend the majority of time in your zone two. Because most people get hurt because all they ever do is zone three. Yes. So so we... I, so I'm run saying, through the zones real quick. Okay. You have general rule of thumb. Zone one is like recovery. You're like walking, speed walking. Zone two is where you want to spend most of your time. So like... Light jog. Light jog. You could have a normal, easy conversation with someone. You finish all of your runs feeling like you could have gone more. Zone three is like you're pushing it. You can have a conversation. You're still huffing and puffing a little bit. You can maintain this pace for an hour, hour and a half. If you're a more conditioned athlete, maybe you can maintain this pace for two hours. Um, Zone four, you could hold this for five to ten ish minutes this is really rough yeah zone five is like you're going as hard as you possibly can you're going to hold this for 30 seconds to a minute and you then cannot you're breathe roll over then you're going to pass after. out <laughs> yes mm-hmm. yeah so that's kind of what we base our training off of so 80 20 is 80 percent in zone two and then 20 percent in like zone five zone four you never touch zone three and i just realize that you know that's that's a really great principle and that's a really great way to start but as you get going it's it's a lot more complicated than that. There's a lot more gray area to that rule. I mean, like you said in our last episode, there's the stress that also will, yeah. will mess you up. You mm-hmm. know, there's outside influences that will mess up your zones. Right. Here's the thing. Running is so much more an art than a science. And that's what I'm coming to realize. Like I have spent the last like what, three, four years of my life. I've always like researched running, but I, I really have gotten into it ever since creating our first plan for our marathon. And I just have been researching it and talking to other runners and, you know, and I just am realizing like there really is no set of rules. And I even, uh, um, I was talking about like creating some kind of pamphlet for people of like, this is how you create a training plan and this is how you do it. And I, you know, just as I've, as I've been reading books, I've been keeping notes and, and I've been trying to create this, like these rules, these running rules. And I just had this, like this revelation lately or just, and I just have realized like, that's impossible. You can't make that set of rules. It really is an art and you really just need to figure out what works for your body through trial and error. I mean, also do your research. It, I, it is important to know the science still, um, also listen to the anecdotal evidence. Like there are so many things out there where science hasn't been able to pin this down. But if you look at this coach and this coach and this coach and all these hundreds of athletes, everybody uses it and look, it's worked, you know, even though science hasn't been able to prove it. So just kind of take every piece of the puzzle, trial and error it, figure out what works for you. Find a coach who fits your style and understands how you and your body works. And and just also be patient with yourself. It's going to take time. And that's what I'm realizing. It's kind of frustrating, especially with ultra running. It takes years. And that that's why you see people in their 30s, 40s who are winning the ultras, right? Yeah. You don't see a lot of 20-year-olds winning a 100-mile race because they just don't have that experience. You got to be patient with yourself. Yeah, and I'm struggling with that. I just kept thinking, oh, we'll figure out the rules. We'll do the research, and then we'll do it, and then we'll get good. But I'm like, oh, no, it's way more than that. Maybe it's about figuring out your rules. Exactly. What works for you. So, okay, do you want to hear some of the things that... I'm going to implement into my training. I'm super excited about this. So 
um, listening to my body more, I decided that every year I'm going to give myself three races where I can go as hard as I can. Unless I do 100, that's going to count as two races. So next year, we're thinking about doing U100. I'll probably sign up for one more race, uh, like a, a 50K yeah, or something, where or I'll go super miler. hard, or a 50 yeah. miler. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this year, we had Crimson, we had Dugway, and then we'll have Dead Horse. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. I'm also going to, I want to throw some karate back in. So um, For those of you that don't know, Melody is a first degree black belt in Kempo mm-hmm. Karate. In Kempo Karate. I've done karate since I was 12 years old. I'm looking at the plaque right now to prove it. I totally love it. And I actually have this self-defense course. It's called Run Without Fear. It's a course for runners that uh, teaches them how to defend themselves if they were ever to run to a dangerous situation on the trail. It also goes over what to do if you run into animals on the trail. So anyways, I'm going to incorporate karate back into my workouts. I feel like doing kicks would be so great for my core and my hips. Um, weighted vests. I'm going to run with a weighted vest. I've been doing some research on that. Sally McRae, she just won Badwater 135 this year. Uh, she actually inspired me. I have kind of been looking at her training with that and I think it looks awesome and super fun so we're gonna try that um we're gonna incorporate some heavy heavy weight lifting and you know and i'm getting excited i'm like ooh, i feel like this burn off is wearing off and we're gonna do some new things and this yeah. is gonna be fun and we were talking to mike mcknight um the a triple crown two-time triple crown winner of the also two, known as the low carb runner of on instagram t- yeah of the 200 mile races mm-hmm. um he has the fkt for the colorado child just an amazing what is his documentary called um broken from broken to breaking look that up yeah. on youtube fantastic yes. we have seen countless running documentaries and that is one the of one. the best ones we've i wouldn't seen. say one of I would say the best running documentary. I I'm not speaking that, for you. That's but a for lot. Me, that's a lot coming from for Jacob. Me, yeah, because I'm a very literal man. He does not exaggerate. <laughs> so the best running documentary I have ever seen, and just one of the best guys I've ever met. Um, yeah. And so he, we were talking to him, and he was saying, you know, do he was talking about how important cross training is, you know, and doing like even like hit stuff or. Tabata, Tabata. Kind of work, which I love yeah, Tabata you know, work. Like, and and then and so and in the off season, you know, back off from your mileage a little but and focus, do more cross training in the off season. And he said you know? speed work too. Yeah. Do more speed work, do more cross training, you know, back off on the miles. His advice was two to kind of four speed work high intensity days during the off season and then backing it off to like one to two on the on season. So you're kind of going, you're kind of doing that trade off between the long mileage and the yeah. high intensity. So, you know, like for me, like, um, I have a pass to a boxing gym and, and like, I'm going to go there. They have a strength and conditioning class where half of it is like strength and conditioning. And like you do a, you know, like you do the squats where you throw like a big medicine ball up, you know, and you catch it, you know, you hit the bike and, and then all of a sudden you run to your bag and you do like some boxing combinations on the bag. Um, so then that, which boxing actually works your core as you're hitting that bag. Oh yeah. Boxing's great um, for your core. And then, and then even after you box, then all of a sudden you hit the ground and you do some core exercises, you know, it's just boom, boom, back and forth. And 
like with me, like it was just, you know, proving to me, like I need to make sure that I'm really doing that kind of stuff, you know, that, that I'm also, that I'm getting the weights, that I'm doing the squats, you know, that, that I'm just addressing the other parts of my body and how important it is to be overall fit to be a good ultra runner. You can't just yeah. be a running. All you do is run. You have to have some overall fitness. Some Get balance. on your bike, you know, go cycling one day, you know, like, but also be careful and not burn yourself out. Don't yeah. be like, Oh, okay. I've been running 35 miles a week and lifting once a week. Exactly. Now I'm going to lift four times a week and add all this to Bata. And you even if I like, if I was in. worn out and I went to that boxing class, I would probably, if I was felt worn out, mm-hmm. I would take it easy. Even if, even if the lady was go harder or whatever, screaming, you, you got to listen, listen to, to your, your body. body first yeah. and foremost. And if I just ran 30 miles a few days before this class, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to still do the exercises cause they'll help, but yeah, take it, take it, take it at the pace your body can handle it. Yeah. And here's one piece of advice. Make sure you never add more than one stimulus when you're adding things. So for example, let's say you're consistently running 30 miles a week and you're lifting two times a week. If you want to bump up your mileage, go up to 40 miles a week with two times weightlifting and maintain that for a minute. Um, if you want, and then go to 45 miles. If you want to bump up your weight training, then stay at 35 miles and then add, you know, 15 minutes to your weight training program. Maybe the next week, add 30 minutes to your weight training program and get to the point where maybe you're lifting three or four times a week on 30 miles. And once you're comfortable there, and then you want to start bumping up the mileage, you can bump up the mileage from there. Does that make sense? So you never want to bump, add your miles and bump up your weight training at the same time. Just one one thing thing at a time. One thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, well, I think that uh, that wraps up our Dugway. The lessons were, well, at least for me, was focus. Do not neglect your cross training. Mm-hmm. Do not. And mm-hmm. I just, I know when, also when I do that kind of stuff, I just feel overall better. My body feels so much better when I'm getting cross training in. Yeah. And yeah. speed work. Like all we've been doing yeah. the past couple of years is like long, slow. slow runs and we've built a solid base. And we're bored to death. Yeah. <laughs> we are seriously bored. I think that's played a big part in, for me, my, my physical and mental burnout is just yeah. all, that's all we did. Yeah. So. And it was, it was great experience at Dugway. Um, and mm-hmm. it's amazing that they get a you know, honor that man with that race now. And I'm grateful for that man for creating that race and putting that together. It's a fantastic race. It's going to be something that lasts for, and it, it was a special forever. day for us. You know, it, it was with the whole family too. Yeah. It, it was a beautiful memory for all of us. Yeah. It was nice. Cause our whole family was there. And then we all saw another family honoring the family member. Like it's just, just beautiful event. Just awesome. Yeah. So anyways, make sure you, uh, you follow our podcast if this is your first time tuning in this is a podcast made exclusively for beginner ultra runners we're beginners ourselves and we're bring on guests we share our experiences and what we've learned what we learned we're here to create a community to to build one another up so we can get out there and conquer those ultras and and uh, push ourselves in ways we've never been pushed before. If you have any questions or comments on this episode, go to our Facebook or our Instagram, Trolled 100. If you have any questions that you would like us to answer, 
we don't know everything. Like we said, we're like you. We're still learning. But we are more than happy to do the research and find answers to your questions if you have them. So we're happy to ask our experienced runners that we bring on those questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. We'll add them to the queue of, of questions. So yes, yes, we will. So make sure you follow the podcast. Like us on Facebook, Trail the One Hundred. Like us on Instagram at Trail. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, it's always helpful. Uh, share this with your friends if they've ever thought about ultra running or if they're wondering why you're so crazy. Share it with also, them. we want to get to know our listeners, so just reach out and say hello. Say, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm training for my first 50, or I'm thinking about running 100 miles. Just let us know where you're at in your training right now. So thank you for joining. This has been Jacob and Melody Bateman. We will talk to you all next time. See you guys next time.